Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. The professor. And this week, we have the stuff of legends with us because we have been talking about this wonderful man for the last three years. But today we have Jason Klein, the glassblower from Historical Glassworks. Thank you all for having me. This is really quite a pleasure. Hooray! Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Microbrew Review, everyone. This is episode 125. For those of you uh, keeping up, Jason here is the one that made pretty much, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth right now, but <laughs> usually we're uh, drinking from his glassware. Tonight we are not because we, we wanted to mix it up and different be awkward. awkward. Um, but we often reference the hand-blown glassware that we are drinking from, and I'm pretty sure his is the only one that we're talking about in those circumstances, except for maybe this weird Uganda glass. Whatever, it was cheap. <laughs> it's a pretty handsome little cup. Well, and that's part of it is you taught me like how cool it is to have something handmade, and I think it was 6 or $8, and I was like, what, a handmade glass for only... So I thought, I mean, it's pretty, it's hefty. Yay. If it's coming home in my luggage, like it's not too delicate. It's got some, you know... It's a little bubbly. They can't the see green my is not the <laughs> the green is not the prettiest color in the world. It really makes me think it really is it's just from Uganda. All okay. right, you got to give it a little bit of a break. I hey, guess. you missed the Uganda beer podcast. I did, thankfully. He very strategically was not on I think that I one. I was sick that day. We talked about the water of the Nile and why it was chunky and gross. <laughs> uh, so I don't own any like artwork, really, uh, paintings, I should say, but. I do think that I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about buying a house soon, and I'm all like, yeah, I should get, you know, paintings to hang on my wall. And now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, no, I should just have walls full of glassware, <laughs> all yes. made by you. <laughs> you see that sometimes that, people that make is artwork. Uh, window, um, the shadow boxes mm -hmm. with uh, various goblets and things like that of that nature. That cool. might be fun to fun. We're just, we're believers in practical Practical, and also we do like to support the friends and people that we know who are also, working it's, in... Also, it's a hell of an art, yeah. you know? Like, it's awesome. Well, thanks. It, one of the things that we do at, you know, at Historical Glassworks is we look at glasses from history, and my real interest is the context. How are they being used? And in this case, what drinks do they go with? And I love beers? that I just said Downton Abbey at you the other week and you just went off. You knew everything there was about the glass on the, the table setting I and like which season and which, you know because the time passes so the trends change and you were all up on it. It was pretty great. I do like that show. It's awesome. I love the little the, the details. No, no. Jason still doesn't understand why I can watch it and laugh. <laughs> He's like, I what? What's funny? I'm like, the the Dowager Countess is full of one-liners. It's amazing. Yeah, she's she's great. Her zingers, yeah, yeah they right. They but are. they're all like proper English smart kid zingers. They're not. <laughs> yeah, they're not a bedumbing moment. They're yeah. What are we drinking, Ian? Let's get right into it. Um, so we know that our friend Jason here is a lover of Belgian beer. It's kind of the first thing we bonded over. That, that was a pretty explosive. It was. <laughs> almost lost. I have almost. How many eyes have you almost lost? I don't think I've ever you have unintentionally most. lost a cork. I think I've <laughs> oh, like sprayed yeah. a cork on purpose. But that was the closest I've come to ever having one <laughs> out of my hand for sure. Uh, so, as I was about to say, we are drinking uh, Delirium. Uh, and this is their Argentum 25, which is going to be a Belgian IPA. So, as we can see, right. it's got quite... Now, when Jay got here, he told us about his... Uh, dislike might be a strong word. Less aversion. than pleasurable... Aversion is good. Uh, toward hops. Well, I, I just feel like heady. every different style of beer just being incredibly hopped. No matter what the style is. Like, and with extra hops. Like, I get it. But, <laughs> but I, I really enjoy... There are four I ingredients the, in beer. The, I, I'm, a, I'm a, a quad guy. I like malts. And I like cask ales because they have that, you know, that unfiltered Ian, I feel sweetness. like you shorted me. Mostly because the other two pours were beautiful and mine was just a heady mess. Uh, this beer is pouring extremely heady. 
Very interesting. It's a good. It also, seems to dissipate very quickly, though. Opportunity, though, to see the difference in the glasses yeah. and how each one sort of shows off the so beard. The Uganda glass like killed the head. Yours is like holding it, but like it's disappearing from the bottom up. Right. And uh, I've got the Teku glass, which is sitting. It's very fluffy, but still pretty dense in terms of. The bubbles on the top there. The smell is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting to see how the individual glasses are um, dealing with, you know, the pour. Mm-hmm. So the top of this uh, this Ugandan glass is a lot similar, very uh, similar to a um, little earthy, little meaty, little minerally. It was not mm. at all what I was. I think delirium. I'm like, oh, I know what this tastes like. Nope. That yeah, I get the delirium out of it and that, that Belgian yeast that you first get the pop of. Right. But then it's got that backbone of the hop and then there's it's strong. There's almost like a multi <laughs> a multi earthy quality yeah. quality to it down there too. It's only seven percent. Um, only ABV for us wise, that's pretty low, yeah. But flavor wise it's very very unique. It doesn't have that citrus you expect. Oh. Since sixteen fifty four. I love it. Wow. The front's really starts off very mild. Yeah, and but I get the finish like, on the is sides really... of my the sides of my tongue are very What made you think this was an IPA? Where it says Belgian ale on it? The internet. Oh. <laughs> okay. Beer advocate. I'm in good hands. <laughs> what do you think, this? Mr. Aversion to Hops? Well, it, it, it's it's interesting. The front is very smooth and easy drinking. I, well, the hops. back end's a little bit aggressive, I think, uh, for my tastes. It's it's punching it's, it's all right. So you need to, it, it takes a little work. I'm not gonna so, lie. The head of this looks like I just had a a root beer float. Like that's how creamy it is. Well, depending on your glass, mine's yeah, right. It, Isn't that crazy? Well, it disappeared. But look really at that. Weird. Well, that's the interest. I, I, it may sound silly, but I really like to take a look at these shapes and how they're performing. You know, I, one of the reasons I'm very very happy to be here is in regard to how different glass shapes actually affect how the beer is going to um, taste. And present, I and present suppose. It's sure. really... I mean, at the end of the but day... But when he poured it, it was obscenely heady, and now it's very nice. Like, it's a... It's like a third on the top as opposed to the... Well, I wonder how much uh, we had it laying on its side in the fridge uh, to cool, just because we don't have a Well, it's a very tall fridge. bottle, yeah. Um, so I wonder if that plus the overactive cork didn't stir things up a little bit. I'm going to be honest. <clears throat> I think I want this with cheese. Like, like because it's so roux. funky, if that makes sense. I think mm-hmm. that I would love to put it with like a blue cheese or... So we should clarify, this is a, an ale, correct? A Belgian ale. All right, not a IPA as I was well, it's a led Belgian, to believe. It's led to believe. Like, which is still an ale. Yes. Um... There are hops in here. There's just not extremely present. I get them more on the nose than anywhere else. You know, a lot of beers you really need to give them like a, like five or six sips before you really get into the actual glass of beer. Right. Before you're really mm-hmm. drinking it, and you know, the first sip is always such a a, a strong contrast to not having drank any of it at all. But then, right, your mouth is kind of going, "Okay, what is this?" Yeah, and then you're adjusting to it. It's breathing a bit. Could be that, that you know we drank it pretty quickly after we. Mm-hmm. I like to leave uh, the Saint Bernardus out, probably for. I don't know five minutes or so before I ever I get to it. Do that? Do you drink like another beer in the meantime? No, well you know I'm, Saint Bernardus. <laughs> you know, Ian, other people a, are patient. If you're doing a se- <laughs> if you're doing sessions of Saint Bernardus, you might want some pacing. <laughs> it's a gift, a, really. He's not holding up his finger for no reason. You're doomed. I, <laughs> I don't know. Like when I open a beer, I I want to drink it right away. And I, and I, you know, with my stouts and stuff, I'll definitely let them sit the ch- cool or warm Ooh, down, I guess. Try that cup. You want to see the difference? Mm-hmm. I like it. He's all sorts of scientific, but for a different reason than we are. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Smooth out on mine. Yeah. Mine's very abrasive well, on, and funky. Okay. Switch. <laughs> hey, if anybody's sick, throw it out on the table now. <laughs> it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your strip, folks. <laughs> There you go. Give them a, a whirl. We're somewhere in between the two. Very much so. And in theory, the shape of all of these is 
at least similar. Um, I mean, there's actually there's a pretty fine gradation between them right now. Yeah. You know, you've got you know that sort of um, Belgian beer glass, the classic roundish shape on the Ugandan glass there. Huh. Much better in my glass. And, and, then, and also interesting to see what the difference is with and without the head. Like you know, if you're just mm-hmm. you know straight on the beer versus having that that lacing as a um, almost like a, an easing into it. That one flares a little bit more at the top, and then the uh, opens a little more narrow, and then even more what? narrow still. That's Weird, not right? the same at all. Mine's a little like sharper. It's so, but this is so effervescent. What? I wonder if part of it doesn't have to do with the the sections of the bottle too when it poured out, but it could be. But that's crazy to me. I just it it's probably so more, bubbly. Probably compared. more likely the shape of the glass and the way it conducts the the aroma. It does the not way even it taste the same. Lets the carbonation gas off, leaving the head on there. Like yours still has some, mine has none. Mine's right. completely right. clear on the surface. There's a little edge of bubbles around the outside edge, so Guys, very very different. Sciencing right now. So, <laughs> and that's that's where my interest is with these historical cups is, especially with things like the Romer and the development from. You know, the, the, the late medieval period up through Dutch-German Renaissance, you see this, there's actually an evolution of that cup. And right in the middle of all of that is the Circe cup that we were talking about a little bit ago, which is called the Brookmeyer, but it actually has a Brookmeyer with a foot. So it's, pretty, it's a very typical cup of its time. But then you see them starting to curve back in, um, and you don't see them really curving in the way a lot of the glasses and he, that we have here are doing that until... Um, 17th century, 18th century. So this might be rhetorical. Uh, Maybe there's an answer to this. Maybe there isn't. But you know the history of the glass. How related or how influenced is the glass style by what they're putting in it? You know, by the wine, the beer, the braggot, the mead, the whatever it is that they might be drinking. Entirely. Entirely? I think that happens very early on. You see a Southern European style of glass, which caters mostly to wine, versus a Northern European style, which is catering mostly to beer. Because all those Germans are drinking out of boots. Hey, oh. (laughs) Stabbing at me. The boot. Just gotta bring up the boot. No, it's so awkward. I can make you a boot. I actually have some documentation for you. Yes, I'll make you a damn boot. I don't know that I want to. No. Oh, it's now. Oh, no. There's a lot. There's all kinds of, there's little cannons that you see later period. All these different styles of like just fun trip glasses. I was down in New Orleans and I saw a bottle of tequila that was shaped like a rifle. And it had shot glasses that were like the stocks on the side. That's cool. And the court, you know, it's just like, that's. Definitely not hand blown or anything. (laughs) (laughs) I have some neat bottles at home. Um, that were blown over time. One's in the shape of a horse, and it's really neat. The way they're being constructed is mm-hmm. really, really interesting. Um, I think we should take you to Teresa's next door in Wayne because, A, they have a wonderful selection of beer. B, they're on a train line, so getting there and back after drinking is easier. <laughs> and finally, you sit at the bar, and they just have different glasses for every beer, that they have basically. And it's it's actually, I think it's the only glasses. place I've ever been that has a proper quack glass, even. I have a proper quack glass. Well, I know, and I brought it for you <laughs> from Belgium. Yeah, sure. There's a. But I mean, they actually do everything. Yeah. Well, I, I would be interested to see really how much each one of those glasses matter to that beer versus is it a gimmicky what's, marketing cup? What's the beer? It's Belgian, but what's the beer that comes with cheese? And whenever it's they a, pour it's it... It's a Belgian triple... Yeah. Is it like beer or something? But every time they beer, pour beer it... Beer de Garde? That's what it is. I think it's a Beer de Garde. It, it looks like... So looking at my cup right now, that much beer and the rest is head. Yeah, so much head. But it also comes with cheese because they're saying it's meant to pair this way. And when you order the beer, it it's automatic. It just comes with cheese. It just comes with cheese. It's um, always a little, like, lovely little surprise that you're like, oh, I get some cheese. <laughs> Well, I was thinking on the way here about, you know, the historical glasses, their evolution, but also about what time of the year certain beers are being made, and as a result, what foods are being paired with them over the course of the year because of the way um, grains are harvested or livestock are culled. 
So there's certain meals that might be specific based on historical, you know, timelines. Now so I know a lot of like painting and drawing art and stuff is heavily influenced by what's happening historically. Was glassware that way? Like, is there periods of time where there was a shortage of certain supplies and so they used something else which invented this whole new style of something? Uh, that's a good question that I don't have a lot of answer for. I know that there are times where, you know, glass is price fixed during Roman times and the quality drops off. I know that they, during other time periods in Italy, they have used so much of a fluxing agent where the glass is now, the humidity in the air is attacking the, the glass because it's not a particularly stable um, compound. So they're, it's just like they're, just struggling to maintain these beautiful masterworks of, of Italian glass blowing, but they're just literally falling apart in the air. Vacuum, basically. I don't even know if that's going to work. Um, that, I mean, you would have to put it in, in a vacuum or perhaps submerge it in some sort of... Uh, and we, we were talking about that yeah. because um, during um, the restoration department at Corning and you know what goes into maintaining some of these pieces that are no longer... You know, that are actually... Literally de-vitrifying, becoming unglass-like with time. So interesting. You made me feel guilty a little bit, and I mean, you didn't do it on purpose. But we we were walking, one of our morning strolls when we were walking by your booth, and I said I grew up in the land of Steagle glass, and I didn't know anything about glass until I met you. Oh. It was just you know I remember the historical society being so proud of all, you know, the remnants of the glass that they had maintained, but it meant nothing to me, and I didn't understand why it was even a thing. Um, and then, you know, you made Chip one day, and we became friends, Chip. and we talked about beer. Quite a character, that Steagle fellow. <laughs> yeah, right? Good beer, too. <laughs> there you go. The yeah, there are, there are only like two or three cups that are identifiable as actual Steagle glass. The guy who wrote the book on Steagle glass was... A enthusiast of early American glass and attributed a lot of glass to the Steagle glass works and so thus it's called Steagle type glass okay now because it's not there are only uh, maybe a hand I, I only can remember like three that are like identifiable because they were made in the Steagle glass factories right. and these are Steagle glass but there's so I mean the book on, on Steagle glass is, is a very broad breadth of of early American Glassware, um, so and, and it's been identified now that that's not really all Steagle glass, but more Steagle type glass because that was one of the first uh, books written on the t on the topic. I could go back and relive my childhood now. Congratulations! I, I don't know that I would want to do that even if I could. Well, I mean, I'm not saying play on the playground you know and do the tire swing. It's a short walk from one end to the other. <laughs> 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 Let me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's 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 you know it's it's really interesting. That, that that was part of that. I mean, glass is a really strong part of the early American. There's not a lot that Mannheim has going for it. So if we want to talk about glass, that's... I am a simple glass man. I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, say, I say nothing. I, I know nothing. One more German word thrown in the middle of our very <clears throat> German town. There you go. What do you got? I'll drink faster. Are we ready to move on? I, well, I mean, I don't want to rush anybody. Well, I'm just nursing this along. Actually, you know, after... after and this is not one of those after my fifth glass, it's really great... Uh, situations. This is uh, after a bit on the back end. It's not. You really it's not as abrasive. Try this glass. I'm yeah. telling you, I it's all the difference. I'm trying to decide because I liked how bubbly Ian's was. I thought that was nice. I thought it was very true to the delirium that we know from the tremens and stuff, which is very. Yours is so funky. It's really got <laughs> that like stinky feet cheese kind of thing to it. You're, you're real obsessed with cheese right now. Yeah. Let me see your glass then. Yeah. Let me see what we got going here. Um, I think mine has a similar body, but with a different finish. Absolutely. Yeah. No question about and it. And then his was just so very effervescent. It has a lot more of a citrus, grapefruity taste on the back end, whereas mine is pretty. Yours is almost like a distilled, rich beverage. You know, like. Well, there you have it. That's going to so, be the theme of tonight. Should we name the podcast something about the popping of the corks? Three corks. So next up, we have the Rodenbach Grand Cru. This one's clean if you want to mix it up. 
Just oh, I'm just going to rinse it with the water. Okay. Uh, this is a Belgian beer, and it is made of 33% young ale. I put that in quotes. Because none of us are young? Oh. Haha, <laughs> it's the Jesus age. And then 67% ale matured for two years in oak vats. Does that end up being the equivalent of like sourdough? <laughs> they constantly re. re- yeah, reblending it, reblending well, it. Well, and that's not uncommon. Well, with yeast, at least. Um, I think one of the coolest things I learned at the Guinness factory is that they have a they have the original yeast in a fireproof safe in case, like the whole if everything blew up and exploded and they had nothing left, they could open this safe and they could keep making Guinness with the original yeast strain that they've been using for. 300 years now or something like that because yeast is just so it just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing under the right circumstances and they just have it sitting there just chilling waiting which i thought was interesting because when i was doing the brewery tours at swashbuckler the only beer that they don't filter is the hefeweizen and they have a peat like a cap on the number of times that they will do the hefeweizen with the yeast because you know, in order to get the, the cloves and the spice and the citrus, like, flavors out of it, um, you have to use the right yeast, but it changes. You know, like, the banana starts to come through a lot more as the yeast gets older and stuff, and they, they realize that after, I think it's, I don't remember, it's either five or seven. I don't remember which one it is, but after that many iterations, they have to cut it off. So um, they always track how long the yeast has been around. So I got this one at the Malvern Beer Store, and I was checking out with something else, and I saw the magic Well, look words. at those again. Let's put these glasses next to each other. You can see how mine went flat dead yep. away. Pretty much. I never would have realized. I'm so glad that you're, you and make me look at this in a whole new way. And, and it's interesting because I was like, well, this has We should get Jay new glasses. <laughs> like, totally. The, the, the right shape, but not yeah. necessarily. So... And when you look at some of the historical glasses, they, they have a wide range. So I don't know as they had had a grasp of how much that glass was being affected. Um, but, I mean, beer is so regional. Right. And even then, it breaks down right, into lo- local town. town. Exactly. So, I mean, it could be to the point where, like... Did not, you see that? That for the first time since 1873, we have... More breweries than ever before. Thank God. We have bounced back from it's the Prohibition era. Forever. Very delighted. So, World War II was really the culprit there. Because most of the breweries were German breweries and they got a real, that was like the kibosh on that. Uh, are you I, talking nationwide? Or? Nationwide, yeah. yeah. So. A lot of them didn't survive those two events. I mean, uh, not not, not just, bad time but not just prohibition, board, but yeah. also because of anti-German sentiment. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they were just not having it. So let's give this a try. Right. Cheers. Let's so do this. just off the nose, you might so not love it. this one. Uh oh. Me or him? Him. Huh? What? Oh. <laughs> wow. It's gonna be a little sour. It smells nice. I mean, I'm not a big sour beer fan, robust. but it smells very flavorful. I like a flavorful beer. It's like a you sweet know, sour. I go for you know things like St. Bernardus, App 12, and you know Mad Elf, so that's really, I like a really complex. Like, well, I think this has a little bit of the, the like a sour cherry that yes. like the Mad Elf that's might have. That's a good have. way to... Without the, the, the uh, Three Philosophers, things like that? That, uh, to me, Three Philosophers is very raisiny. Like it's, been a long yeah. time. it's been a long time since I've had that. But Well, you don't have to wait. We got you one. <laughs> I know. I always. I, yes, indeed, you did. Thank you. <laughs> I still haven't opened it yet. I've been hammering. You've had a couple long days in a row. I thought you'd have a reason to open it. Well, that's the kind of thing I want to do when I'm relaxed at the end yeah. of the day. I don't want to like drink that, like just to make myself go to sleep at night. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, and if you're not relaxed, you will. Be I drink to forget. That's not the. That's not the beer I want to. <laughs> it's nice. It's um. It's complex. It's got. It's fun. Such a like the color is so. Roasty and robust, but the flavor is whoa. the same fragrance mm-hmm. and pretty much similar tasting. Yeah, this, this, didn't this is much. a very but this has got a, a very smooth back end on it. It's got a yeah. nice sour in the middle, enough sour. Yeah, not, it's not like a tart, tart sour. It's not gonna pucker your cheeks or anything. I don't have to worry. I don't. I mean, I know it's kind of a. I like a complex beer. 
But most of my beers tend to be beers that I can drink. I like drinking a cask ale because I can drink it. Right. My beer works for me. I don't work for it. <laughs> and this is really an enjoyable beer. I, I would, I would, I, it, but it's certainly a sipping beer. I wouldn't. Yeah, just, you can't take a big swig of it. Let's try that, a Joe. perfect like <laughs> bourbon beer. Like at the, you just want to sip and enjoy. Right, to finish off the evening, like a sit in a leather chair with your. But you know, a big sip of this is actually pretty pleasant. Swirled around, swirled around in the mouth. I don't do that with a lot of beers, but there's a lot going on. I like it. Yep. It's um. I always think about beer in terms of pairing, and it's. it's That's actually, a lot you can do with this one. Actually, it could be a dessert beer. It could be a main course beer. Um, I think like it'd it could be a nice pork with like a beer. duck. I duck for sure. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I wouldn't think. Steak and heavy sauce, but both of those meats were like. Yeah, but you could do like a, a nice cherry demi or something. Yeah. And like duck or even lamb. Mm. <laughs> he furrowed okay. his brow. I know, I'm thinking reason. about it. I'm thinking about it. I, I don't know. It's got a, there's a lot of complexities in this. There's a lot going yeah. on in this one. Even on the back end, it, it's uh, also kind of like a hickory it might nut. Make a good reduction. Like it's just. Mm-hmm. I'm. I, I don't know how much oak I pick up. Or is the other one, is the next one the oak? No, this is the oak. Okay. It's Asian oak vats. If only because usually to me, oak feels like a, like a buttery richness, and I'm not sure I get that. Do we get a margarine richness? No. What? <laughs> no. I'm being facetious, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I don't know that I get that kind of warmth. You know, like that Chardonnay or like even... The Akintoshin, when they put it in the oak barrels, it, it really has that, that warm butteriness. I don't know that I get that, but almost like a sherry cask feeling to it. Like, yeah, but not that, not that harsh at all. Correct. I mean, sherry, sherry casks tend to be so sour uh, to me. But again, I'm maybe sensitive to that. But I could see how this would be really good with like a manchego, a cheese like that. There would you be go. really good yes. with this. And this. I think we could, we could probably do a whole dinner with this beer. You know, and it could do like every course. Kind I think it would be kind of boring by the, by the third glass, but I think we could do a whole dinner with the Rodenbach. Rodenbach Absolutely. I don't know if you're tasting it. If you like inhale right after you finish swallowing, but you, it has a little bit of that flavor, sort of like the Saint Bernardus does. There's sort of that nutty souriness like, of, of like the ah, that. If you're eating walnuts, you get a little bit of that shell. Mm-hmm. Marcona almonds. It would go very well with Marcona That, like, bitter... Almonds. Yeah, that little bit of bitter to it, but not not in, in, in such a way that you're like, oh, I, I really have to work my way through this. Right. Um, to me, anyway. Uh, I think it's really enjoyable. Huh. It's, it's a nice sipping beer. I'm going to say for, like, an $11 splurge, because I saw it at the check. Good call. That was, that was worth it. That's a really... Um, got a lot going on there. It takes a lot to, you know, kind of... Have you never ever had this before? I thought that I, I, ne- I mean, I knew, I've had Grand Cruz before, and I've had a Rodenbach before, but I didn't think that I'd have this particular, Okay. I could be wrong. Um. But when I read it, I was like, oh, this seems like all the things Ian likes. I should totally buy this. And You're four or wrong. five, oh, sorry, please. Go. No, I was, that's all I had to say. <laughs> four or five, you know, really good sips into this, and after really kind of messing around with it in my mouth and seeing what's going on there, I, 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 I would... I would open one of these up and kind of sip it at the end of the day. I would buy another one. Nice. I think that's fair to say. That's what we always say. Is, uh, or would you we buy We often another? say, would, yeah. you, would you have it again? When yeah. We're talking about how good this beer is. Because there's a lot of them where we're like, yeah, it's well done. I wouldn't drink it again. Yeah. Or, yeah, we enjoy this for what it is. I wouldn't buy another one. It's almost like I would buy another one, but I wouldn't buy a case. You know what's really yes. interesting? And I think no, that's, that's a fair a way line. of delineating between this is going to be a session beer or my go-to beer. Or right. this, uh, this is going to be a neat experience from time to you time. You have a case. Maybe you have it with dinner one night instead of a bottle of wine. Right. Or... Yeah, I could go with that. Oh, yeah. For sure. But also, I find I haven't had a sip in, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds. My palate's very clear right now. I don't really taste... Which is what makes it go well with food. ...any of that beer. To me. Mm-hmm. Like, I can search for it and I can find it. We could new you But I have this. a very clean palate right now. You know what, what's interesting about this is... It, it, it's a, it's one of those beers that makes you think. Well, what can I do with this? Yes. What would, what would it go well with? I enjoy it enough that I would drink it with something 
and try and find the right food. I think our that would salad with it. dinner, this would go very mm-hmm. well. With that, mm-hmm. the nutty walnuts, yeah, mm-hmm. the walnuts, the sour and cherries, here to help, and that really <laughs> like the um, the blue cheese, gorgonzola. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Agreed. It's all in there. All the flavors. Like I said, I think this could go with. I think you should put a big check next to this one. <laughs> yeah, we should actually. To be revisited. Check. Yes. <laughs> bring this. Bring this to a future dinner. Done. And for someone that isn't necessarily keen on sours, it's still it still a very has approachable it has a system, yeah. I agree. I mean, some of the the sour power box mix box was really you know, a lot of them were pretty decent, but I think I, I, there was one that I sat and drank, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll make my way through this, and the rest of them were were really not my cup of tea. And so. this isn't like a true sour; it just has a sour a sour note to it note to it. Um, but I think it's. Again, a really layered and complex beer that's just really well done. Well, and I think that the the robustness of the body and the color help the sour not come off too strong. Mm-hmm. If I didn't overthink that right then. No, no. I love it. Like, we're three pretentious beer drinkers that just discovered something right now. We could rename the podcast. Three pretentious beer drinkers. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'm all about living up to expectations. <laughs> well, it's, it's really, you know, I, I, I know what I like. And when it comes to different styles of beer, I'm not really that well-versed in, in, in terms of having, you know, a broad palate for each particular style of beer. And uh, But I would drink this again, for sure. I'll always drink beer. And this is a great sipping. I, I, you can relax. It's, like, it's, like, it's very much like a bottle of wine. You could sit with this mm-hmm. with a group of friends and just drink it and sip at it. Without feeling like you, you need to put it away. You could play a game or be watching a movie. And, right. and each sip is going to be yeah. enjoyable. And now we're, you know, I'm, I'm half a glass into this and I'm enjoying it. So still. Well, and it doesn't really, like Ian was talking about his palate, it doesn't add up. Like there are some that with each new sip, it just like, it gets heavier, it gets sweeter. By the end you're gets, like, ugh, I'm done yeah, with this. like your tongue gets tired of, of each new sip. And this one's definitely... It's fresh. It's got enough bubbles to it that it cleans it off. It's nice. We try that glass too. I would say that this is a great beer for anyone that is having a dinner party, and they're not necessarily going to pair a different beer with every course. But I think this beer could, it could be the hey, we're putting four bottles of this on the table, and you know everyone's just reaching and pouring throughout the course of the meal. I mean, they should be aware that it does have a fair amount of sour to it. Yes. But that that being said, um, I don't see any real great differences between how it's drinking out of each glass. No, actually, compared to the last one, which was so very different, um, it seems fairly consistent. Well, uh, well, there you go. Definitely. This is the most beer conversation we've had on a beer podcast in, oh, I, <laughs> in a very long time, actually. It is an exceptional Belgian ale known as a Flemish red brown ale. The only time in my life I've ever had a brown. It's a traditional regional that I wanted product. more of. All right then. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, you it guys is the oak certainly... that give it the signature sweet sour taste. I tend to veer away from anything in a cask. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a cask ale, but anything that's been like a, like a sherry cask or a right. bourbon cask, they tend to really overpower. Most of the, the beers for my taste that are done in those, but that's just yeah, my personal preference. There's, I like the next one we're hopefully about to enjoy. We are about to drink it, and hopefully we enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I love bourbon barrel stouts, particularly. He loves bourbon. I, he likes bourbon though. I do like. I love bourbon, and I think that stouts, especially like an imperial stout, we're talking like ten percent. That sitting in bourbon barrels, they just those two flavors marry so well together. Uh, so I am, I'm a fan of the the cask. We age. were surprised when we read the label of this. We thought winning, and then the reviews online were good, but not like epic. Which mm-hmm. uh, again, if you read the label, it just seems oh, the to next check beer. all not the boxes. This beer. The, the next, next beer. beer, yeah. The next beer seems to check all the boxes of what we love, so we thought that it would be dead on. Like I, like I said, I, I'm not, I don't have a very sophisticated palate where each individual style and how it's Says the guy who says St. Bernardus <laughs> is your house beer. Why wouldn't it be? That's a good, that might be the greatest beer ever. Right? Except for the other one, which will be remain a secret until uh, it is revealed on the next, perhaps, nice. visit. But Triple Carmelite. 
We gotta yeah. make that happen in his life. I even so um, Draft Lines the magazine was doing a a Twitter poll today. Uh, New Year's Eve is coming up. Champagne is overrated. What would you drink instead? And I totally and they uh, I guess they like to print certain um, tweets in their magazine. So they said use it's um and now I'm going to totally forget it. Um, but hashtag. they give you, yeah, they give you a specific hashtag and said, if you use this hashtag, you might end up in the next Draft Lines magazine. And I was like, this is easy. I don't even have to think about it. Like, mm-hmm. Triple Carmelite is our champagne. Mm-hmm. And we use it as that all the time. Beer banter. That's the hashtag. Sorry. Or, um, I mean, I totally agree with you and wouldn't pick otherwise, but we did take that Sam Adams and Wine Stefan collaboration that looks like a big champagne magnum. Yes. Um, uh, I remember the beer. I don't remember the name. Me either. It was so fancy. It confused the servers. <laughs> don't take beer to a BYO if you don't go to a BYO that knows what to do with beer. Yeah, that was fun. But it still, it wasn't the champagne. Like, it didn't have champagne notes. To, it was bottled like champagne. Like, it had the same. Sure. But they're just saying champagne is overrated. What are you drinking? Yeah. You know, I have to What's wonder. What's your celebration beer? Yes. Mm. St. Bernard. <laughs> Goes. <laughs> and why not? Well, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big beer. And uh, as a session beer, it's a dangerous task. But so um, This is the guy who brought the Vikings blood? I don't know. No, what? What? Our, <laughs> no. Vikings blood, that's the mead brand. Oh, that's the mead. Like, I know. In New Jersey, I, I, there was. Oh, so no, no, no. So we did have some of that, actually. At it might New have been John Williams. At the New Jersey. Yes, John Williams yeah. brought that. It was very kind of him, by the way, to bring that along. That was but, uh, I, I, um, serious. And I, didn't we drink that out of, like, a proper... Oh, we did. I had a Viking claw beaker. Yes. And it was fun to drink <laughs> that out of the Viking claw beaker. I, uh, I might be a lady, but I felt like a manly man at that moment. <laughs> well, that, that, that is, like, the, the most fancy pants pimp cup of the Vikings, which is really what it's all about. I mean, you know, how fancy is my stuff? And that's really where, you know, the Viking hall is so fast. Can we go with hashtag pimp cup? You okay. totally could. Yeah. Vi- Viking pimp cup if you, if you wanted to. I would say Viking pimp cup. Because uh, of the Viking glasses, that would be probably the fanciest mm. of the ones that I can think of. Um, and it's just, it's a fun glass to, think, uh, to drink out of. It's very similar to the 16th century uh, little bear head claw beakers that you're really fancy. So get around to doing some of that. You had me to little... We do all our drinking in large quantities, but which, hmm. if you see, the glass that I brought you to be repaired is the smallest glass I own. Yes, it is. I, I drink out of there when I want to pretend I'm responsible. There you go. Because then I can fill up my glass and. Well, you're, the glass like that I'm you have is, is a fairly um, moderate-sized Romer, and the the Romers can get very large. You know, easy a liter. I was going to say some of the ones that I've seen you. Like display definitely seem like they could hold a six pack. <laughs> well, some of them are for display, and yeah. uh, some of them are for you know a good size Romer is going to hold probably. Let's see the one that I have, it's probably holding thirty two, uh, probably a liter, but it, but it, but it balances so nicely in the hand. It's not nearly as clumsy as as a lot of the other cups of that sc- of that size because. I've had not a I mean, of, no, I mean, you, I, know, you don't have to put it all 9% in. Nine percent or twelve. Well, 12. I did have, I think, five or six liters. You told the story so. of the, yes, yeah, your bladder in Oktoberfest. <laughs> it's not Oktoberfest. <laughs> that sounds like a I dubious story a by any stretch. <laughs> I don't know where that goes, but I was in Munich and I drank like over a gallon and a half of beer in one sitting. Well, it was great. <laughs> I'm sure it was. I'm sure. And that look was. at his waistline now. It doesn't even make sense. I was even skinnier then. What? Crazy. Pox on you and your tapeworms. Surprised <laughs> <laughs> more people don't have them. Yeah, or they're handy. Like on purpose. I know. Um, it's the next cover of People they, magazine. Yeah. <laughs> like the tapeworms is out. Yeah. <laughs> tapeworms are in. Literally. All right. What do you got for us, McCafferty? Um, all right. So I thought we'd uh, lighten stuff up. With the uh, Cane Brewing Company. They're from New Jersey. I've actually not heard of them. 
we inherited this beer from uh, Cal from Tria's Overstock Sale. Uh, it is called their first anniversary AL 365. It is comprised of a 70% Belgian style dark ale and 30% Imperial Stout and they age it in bourbon barrels. It only ranks in at 11.2 ABV. Did you bring a sleeping bag? <laughs> the couches look comfy. They are. I They're sleep on them comfy. all the time. Uh, <laughs> this beer is a blend of two beers brewed almost a year apart. The first part, an Imperial Stout, was brewed during our first month in 2011 and aged quietly in bourbon oak barrels for the following 12 months. As opposed the to second, age to rock music? A, well, you would be surprised what kind of effect that could have. The second, a Belgian-style quadruple with chocolate rye, Ooh. was brewed almost a year later in August of 2012. Uh, this beer is a culmination of our first year's work and best represents our philosophy as a brewery. 365 is conditioned in the bottle, using champagne yeast, and stored properly should age well. Look at that reintroduction by accident. Mm -hmm. It's great. Also, it says it's bottle conditioned, open carefully, and from all the reviews I've read online, many of these bottles are quite explosive. I got you a towel. Please don't take right, my ceiling. Your third. Uh, much like Adroit Theory's first year. There, um, it was the, the best part was... It was the one that had dog tags on it because it was military. Soldier themed. of Fortune. Soldiers of Fortune. No, it, I love that it was the like the most the explosive. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> now this might Careful, show. Jay, you're in the splash zone. My ignorance. What is it? <laughs> this? Is like a Gallagher show. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this? Throwing things at me. Um, so so I mean, again, I like I know what I like. And it's fairly straight ahead. So in terms of... Ah, it sure oh, who didn't, see that <laughs> who didn't see that happening? <laughs> oh, God, I just maxed out the mic. That was amazing. Excellent. So the third and best pop of the evening. Well, but that it was a didn't, thing. It didn't did not bubble, bubble over. over. Perhaps your podcast should be Watch Out for Your Eye. Uh, wow. That sounds dirty. Or safety glasses required. <laughs> Don't get it in my eye. Fine, <laughs> fine, fine. fine. We can edit that out. Nope. <laughs> no, no, it's happening. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Sorry, you were going to say something actually. You started this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> you like what's straightforward? You were you were discussing beer. I'm trying to I'm trying to bring you it back. She's trying <laughs> the best she can. It's really yeah. all it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable to watch, really. Um, so, is blending the beers nowadays is that becoming um, a new, like, is that a fad that I'm unaware of? Or is it's, this something that's been happening in the last couple of years? Or it's been happening for a long time, I'm just unaware of it? Yes. <laughs> no, you're right. I um, mean, there's it's a like lot of wine. companies that, especially for their anniversary ales, they're like every year they'll put out a beer. Uh, Firestone Walker immediately springs to mind. They, they have their 18 year anniversary. Mm -hmm. um, so they've been doing it for 18 years now. And they take. Uh, because they're in wine country, they have a lot of Vinter friends, and they basically say, here's all of our beer, blend us a perfect beer. So, Stenthin is a very, very relatively new, is it a new idea? Is there any provenance behind that? I would say in the last four or five years, it's really it's become very popular. Much popularity. Like yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, um, well, let me take this. Take a look at this before. Again, look at the difference in the pores, though. Apparently, the Uganda <laughs> glass might be made of some kind of... Whatever the chemical is on that green No, glass. there's no chemical here. Not a chemical, Not a chemical reaction. <laughs> I'm going to be very dubious of any glass of chemical reaction my beer. So, uh, but again. My radioactive beer ooh. glass. But it's green. I can smell the chocolate on the nose, I think. I think it's chocolate. That like reminds me. Chocolate. There's cookies in the fridge I haven't made. I know. But what? You haven't made? They're, they, they had to, to bake. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> they had to chill. Oh, okay. Because they're like the snowball cookies that are like chocolate. They roll them in the. Wow. Oh. I'm not. The rye. I smell the rye. I get chocolate on that for sure. Hmm. Dark chocolate. It's. Mmm. Mm. Is it the right temperature? I thought it should be colder, oh. but it also seems like for this style, it's probably just about right. I mean, it has been sitting out since we started. I don't. I mean. 
you're saying it tastes warm? Well, I it, it's warmer than I was expecting, but then when I took a moment and reflected, it is probably for the no, color. I think it's a great temperature. I try that cup. Yeah. Thank you. If you guys want to try some that has a little head hanging, I feel like a winner just because the head stayed on my beer like I had anything to do with the glass. But see, I think the chocolate comes through a lot more on mine. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. Different. I wish I knew this brewery. Like it. Yeah, I've never heard of them. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, I win. Coming through, yep. Yeah. <laughs> that that style cup for the win on this beer. Yeah, Ian, yours is <sighs> difference, Man. huh? What a radical difference. Never would have figured that the Taku mm. would have been that. Every beer has, especially the Delirium and the last one, like just the the carbonation. But like you don't want together. that on a beer like that. Like this is a, a robust, rich beer. You would think it should be more like casky, you know? I think, <laughs> uh, you know, the better it's holding its head, the better, the more chocolate that comes through. Yeah. 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 Is that fair to say? I think so. Look, he's making us look at our know, profession never, in a whole new way. This is really interesting. Podcast one next week. <laughs> we all have to drink out of the same glass, otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> It really or we is need a to different do more experience. research and have more glasses. Um, we have a wall of glasses. We can probably make this happen. I'm, well, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, you know, someone can be like, well, obviously, but it's really not that obvious. I mean, because... 125 episodes later, it's not that obvious. Well, we always just drink out of the glasses we, like, find most visually appealing or, like, have a connection to on some... Chip is my glass, and you do the big... I do the goblet. The Belgian goblet. But, yeah. you know, I think, it's, I think it would be a good idea to, to swap glasses yeah. uh, during the process of it, or at least have the same glass if you're not, you know, unless you're right. squeamish. Um, glass blower's not squeamish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's part of the job. It is kind of part of the job. Because you're just thirsty like that. Yeah, Whose right. glass of water is this? I don't care. It <laughs> shouldn't left it near me. It's really it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> yes, it is. So that's really what happens. You're like, ah, I'm okay. Um, but yeah, I really think that um, this this style of, of glass that I'm using here, um, which is really the kind of glass you think about when you think of like the Mexican glasses, you know, it's a little more uh, tapered, the way a uh, sort of a red wine glass is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the st- eyes are it's straight somewhere at between the top, like a red wine glass and a Belgian beer glass, except the thickness of it. Well, it doesn't have the wideness of a Belgian beer glass, the and the sides don't. And, but the sides don't come up quite as straight. Yours flares is much straighter sided. Right. And Ian's is the new fad, actually. Yeah, this is like a Italian design, I think. Could be. Um, I don't know. It's a fairly... It's. I've only seen it in the last year and a half. Yeah, I so. think it's the new style of beer glass. It's basically like engineered to be the best for all styles. Fair enough. So if you need... Especially like the high ABV styles. Beer glass... Um, well, I would be very happy or interested to test that these different styles versus what I consider you know, the best historical glass yeah, for beer. Be. But you have to remember that's a Dutch German beer glass. Now, I have done a lot of research into the Italian beer glasses during that time period, but I, maybe it wasn't a very popular drink at that point. Right? Could have been just been a wine is the you know style of a the day there. So it'll be interesting to see how these... Well, and with the hop culture of America now, too, like that probably wasn't as much taken into account with the the Dutch-German style. Um, I can't really speak on that. Yeah. I have no idea. He's like, hops? Uh, No, I don't like... No, I I just don't know the history of of, of beer during the the 17th and 18th century. Um, So I really, I mean, I really really couldn't, I could guesstimate, but I really wouldn't know. Um, I do know that uh, so far I haven't. I, I uh, can I have one more time in your class. Yeah. You know, I think you'll find after you drink that you'll enjoy it less in my class. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! He's our <laughs> guest. We should have given him a better glass. No, it's just really neat though. Trying different styles yeah, of glasses. It feels almost flatter. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yours is. But but that's working. Even compared no, but to like mine. Flatter like the flavor. Not the flavor. The oh, not absolutely. The, the flavor is not working as yeah. well. I mean. You know, when you go to like a bar where they have like the Duval glass or the Golden Drop glass or the St. Bernardus glass, and you get these glasses, and then they're all very different. 
Well, and it has the chocolate malt for sure, but without being, you know, like chocolate stouts taste yeah, it's like not chocolate. Like a sweet chocolate. Does that it's, make sense? It's but that this like is, cacao yeah. powder, like Hershey's almost. Not like, but I remember we used to make hot chocolate using the Hershey's powder and we'd add the sugar. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's, that's critical. Right. Because otherwise it's just bitter. Yeah. And then do bitter, you, bitter, do you bitter, melt bitter. it ahead of time and then add some little, like, hot water to it first to melt it out? Well, now, so now my mom has, uh, this is like a family thing that we did, but my right. mom has like a chocolate pot. Okay. Um, where you just put chocolate in there, basically, and melt it. And then it's got like a muddling spoon, so you can kind of smash it all down. And then you pour that into milk. Yes. Oh, oh, into the milk. Okay. Yeah, so you can kind of very how chocolatey you want. Oh, okay. You want a splash of chocolate, or if you want like chocolate. chocolate. We we have a specific formula that we we, we follow with the the powder cocoa and sugar. But that's family to family. Yeah, of course. And I think that's what we're getting back to here. With in my beer. family, it comes in a packet, and there's fake marshmallows, and you just mix it all together. So terrifying. Yeah. I love it. Um, so, what do we think about this beer, flavor-wise? I thought Jay had a thought first. Okay. Um, I just wanted to mention, you know, so try this at home, kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, right? Get yourself some different glasses and try... These things, because if you try not this, your Miller try Light, this, try but this, any other respectable beer, and you know you might find that too. You might find that Miller that that, that, that could work in different Maybe glasses. Maybe Miller Lite's really good in a certain glass. Maybe it's only good in a like bottle. Like the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's only good in a desert in a bottle. But, that, <laughs> but you know, if, if that's what you've got, I believe you. If you're in the, the desert. This coconut I, shell I might, versus this bottle. I don't know. I might drink Miller Lite in a desert if I were like stuck there and I like happened upon a cachet of Miller Lite cases. You keep that glass. You're like, suck on this cactus or this case of Miller Lite. You're like, done. Miller Lite. Every desert's better with this. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> forget, Even the, forget the why is the rum gone. When I'm trapped in the desert, my choice is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I'll get the cactus. <laughs> you have a future in marketing, Ian. It's great. I love I it. I do. Uh, uh, I I like it. I like it a lot. You swap those up. Yeah. I like it a lot too, and I'm only surprised. And maybe it's because we've aged it. Uh, but a lot of the reviews online were actually pretty negative. Boy, that's a cup for it. Try it. The Teku. Yep, absolutely. You win this round. It just holds up really nicely. Well, and the nose. Uh-huh. Yeah. The nose well, it's just like it's the, the perfect shape. The scotch glasses we were talking. Now about. that could very well be the, the case here that as you're drinking it. Your, your, you know, your palate of, of your smell is affecting your palate of your tongue. And yeah. that's two no, you're right. very important things involved I just thought, here. so the delirium, I think, was better out of my glass. Yes. But this one is definitely better out of the take. And the... And the Rotenbach ground, was actually better out of his. Yep. Um, yeah, a little, well, was, little more aired out. But I, I think it was those. good in any one of those. That, it was good. It was actually really sort of uniform no matter what It was what kind class. of the winning beer in terms of it goes with any food. It goes in any <laughs> glass. Drink it like, it really you was. probably yeah. drink it out of the bottle. And, and I, I would go very strongly with I would certainly have a bottle of this on hand. I wouldn't buy a case of it because it's really too flavor unless you're having guests to, right. to, to pass it around. And it's not something I would drink with lunch. And I bet it would. And that sounds silly, but... Yes, you'd not make it to dinner without either a nap it's only, or... It's only 6%. No, no. Oh, really? Just, just that it's, it's one of those things where you really want to really be enjoying it with something else. Yeah. It's yeah. not it. it's not a rush beer. Yeah. It's not drink this because this is a great... That you know, did not taste like a 6% beer. No. Um, and the more I'm drinking this uh, blended you know, chocolatey yeah. beer, the more I'm enjoying it, but only out of those glasses. I really don't like it in that glass at all. You get to keep the keep the Uganda. It's your penance for missing the Ugandan podcast. Damn you, Uganda! (laughs) That's what I say all the time. Remember, only one of us has been there. It's dramatic. Oh, um, can't say as I've been there. I've been. So I find it interesting. Like the reviews online, a lot of them said like. A, watch out for the killer cork. Sure, they were right. I read about that because I might have killed myself <laughs> or someone else. Um, but a lot of them were complaining about the flatness of it, which not I at get all. that it's not super carbonated, but it is also mostly a stout slash dark ale. Like right. it's not supposed to be very carbonated, and I do get some carbonation. It's and not also, flat. anything that's blown off a cork like that, it's got to be carbonated. Yeah, right. It really depends on the, I mean, on how the cup is, is, is really nursing it along. Yeah. 
I mean, what's interesting is we don't have a standard pint glass here. No, we don't ever drink out of a pint. We drink water out of a pint glass, or he mixes them when he's using a cocktail shaker. Well, he'll glass. Use a, yeah, but that's about it. That's but about having it. done this, you might want to reconsider that. Look, our eyes are opening to all these new options. It's crazy. We should have, we should bring him into our beer dinners where he could do the curated glassware with our curated beers and food. And we could have like a whole... He's the upsell. Right? Yeah. Uh, here to help? Or even just like a beer tasting. I think that'd be really interesting. Because we, never, we never really have traded glasses because we always just assumed that we were tasting the same thing. Right. But it's kind of like saying, is this shade of color the same red that, you know, is, it, is this red the same red that you see? Right. Uh, and it's probably not. Just in the same way that these glasses all inform our palates differently. Well, the beers are becoming, you know, the beers have always been very complex. And... You know, as a go-to drink, um, I mean, as opposed to pond water. And I, I say that because, you know, we all know that, you know, that alcoholic drinks were, were safer to drink historically and that, you know, they evolved very quickly over time, you know, to be very refined. But, you know, to have the right cup to drink a particular beer out of, they, they definitely evolved over time. To different shapes, and I, I don't, and I can't say as that's how the beard changed. I don't know that much about the history of, during that time period, with the evolution of the beard that time period. But it certainly, you know, stands to reason that when you're you're using beer in this capacity with a pairing, that you would match it like you would with a wine, or treat it like you would a wine. That where it's red wines in a particular wine glass is served. Right. You right. know, it doesn't have to be chilled, or or white wine, or you know, sake or any of those, Port. you know, ports, you know, they're all being done in a different way. And typically they have a specific glass style. Well, I think they're so codified because like port is port is port is port, but you could have a Belgian IPA and you can have a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. And the beers are so extreme right now that you probably don't even know the right glassware until you mix and match and try um, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. But I would be interesting to see if that's already been, is that being done? Somebody's just, doing that? Is someone doing that because they like, this This glass is best, like Golden Drock is sold in this cup? Right. Where, sure, but most of the ones that you see that, they're all established Belgian brewing companies for the most part that say, hey, been around, we've been like, doing this for 200 years, yeah, you should drink it out of this cup. from 16... So. Well, that goes back to my, my question about blending. You know, they know delirium belongs in this glass because we've been doing this since 1654. Right. In theory. I mean, I mean, it could just be that they chose this glass that looks cool. Right, and they haven't changed it for... You know, this years. beer is this way, and this is the glass we chose to sell it in, right. and, and this is the packaging we chose. You know, that, that's one way that could very well be... When we poured the wine Stefano recently, <clears throat> like, I love it because it's a... Satisfying beer, especially in the summer. Uh, it's a Hefeweizen. Uh, it's fun to talk about because it's the oldest brewery in the world. It's from the 1500s. Oldest continuous still brewing. I mean, I'm, people are floored by the history of it. But you would think, okay, just because you used to pour it into this in the 1500s does not mean that you have to pour it into this in 2015. Should you? Maybe. It's delicious and fantastic, you know, mm-hmm. but something to think about. I just always assume that they know what they're doing, uh, but you never know what was a marketing decision once, hundreds of years ago. Well, maybe we've, we've just had three glasses that are, are, you know, pretty radical. There's like two that are close um, and then one that's not and it's very different. You know, yeah. the, the taste, you know, throughout these are very different. So, you know, I, I would probably, if I just had, um, let's see, let's see. The 365? Yeah, if I was drinking the 365 out of that glass, yeah, I, I, I would, I, I would not buy it again. If I'm drinking out of that glass, I would buy it again. Now, I mean, having said that, we've just opened the doors up to, you know, Wild West beer drinking. You know, like this could be could be garbage, but it could be great. You know, you're just drinking yeah. the wrong cup, and that you know, that that's really. But that goes up back to, to our listeners. Like, this is just what like a, are they pouring it into a pint glass, no matter what 
X type of beer is. And then are they getting the experience they should be from these sometimes fantastic beers that are not represented properly because, you know, wrong glassware. It's like a whole market. You could, you could sell it. I mean, like, you could go door to door. Door, door to door. Thank you. you know Nobody what? does that anymore. No, yes, uh, that's my point. I don't mean, like, physically. <laughs> like they my, would my, come my... to you, but you could be, like, the beer glass guru, and you could design glasses particularly for... Well, I'm going to leave that to you guys. I'm going to make some glasses, and you can experiment from beer Well, really, beer to you beer. just make, I... you know, a dozen different glasses and then pour their beer into each of those glasses like and take a sip, and then you find the best one and say, this is the glass you. For just you. made Jay a Jehovah's Witness of glass <laughs> Of glass blowing. Yeah. Of like, beer drinking. Thank you. I'm here to talk to you about beer drinking and glass blowing. That's not dirty. But I'm, I'm here to save your beer. <laughs> here you go. Save your beer. I'm here to save your beer. To... Your soul is up to you, but I'm here to save your beer. beer. Yeah, hey, exactly. I'm Abel. I'm here to save your beer. Oh. oh. All right, Ian. Oh, I'm going to ask you. They were all legit tonight, so. Uh, I mean, none of them were. There are some times that were like, oh, God. I, I would say, no. you know. There are some really bad things. If I'd... That we, we take that hit for our, our For our listeners' so enjoyment. So they can avoid those hits. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to go to the Rodenbrock Grand Crew as, like, best performer. Okay. Uh, I do really like this Kane 365 anniversary, although. So that's, like, my, like... Depending on the glass like that you're drinking it out of, anyway. My first, uh, first, second place. But you can get the Rodenbrock pretty much anywhere. Anytime. Yeah, I don't know how accessible the... Uh, and are these the being limited... Are they being released in, in limited releases? And as a result, like next year's 365 would be different? No. Well, that no, actually, next just... year's 365 is actually going to be called like 14. Don't do math. It's weird. I can't do math. Whatever four years times 365, 365 is. All right. Because like the first year is 365, the second year is seven. So it's a limited it's run. Yes. yes. It was a, the anniversary beer. That was the first anniversary. Yeah, this beer will never be made again. So you either have it or you don't. And they will make future anniversary ales, but they will probably not be the same. Interesting. Well, that's good to know that, that, that once it's done, it's done. So you don't have to Whereas count the Rodenbach's going to keep being... Yeah, they'll, they'll always be. ...available. Delirium's been around, obviously, for a long time, but they've been mixing it up lately with they some of the other been, varieties. Which is very We exciting. love the red. And they've done... I would say, like, they're all successful iterations. Mm-hmm. I have mixed feelings about that. Go on. No, I, I mean... But this is when we ask you, what's your favorite? Uh, I, would, um, I would go with the same review. Okay. I think the deleted would be number... Th- if I had to go one, two, and three, I would go uh, the, the Grand Crew and the Well, I just meant in Delirium. general, they've done maybe... I feel like for years and years and years, they were only making the Delirium Tremens, and then last year we did three beers that were not the Delirium Tremens, and they were all very nice. Uh, some better than others, but like solid performers. And I don't think this one was a bad beer. I think it was just not as good as the other two that we showcased tonight. It did not feel as finished. Does that mean, like the flavor and the parts of my mouth that it was working were, it was just a little more rough around the edges? I don't know. I actually really enjoyed them all. Um, I think I like the 365 the best, but I also like the the rich and the smoky and the whatever, but the Rodenbach was chocolate. yeah, oh, dark chocolate. <laughs> chocolate. Followed into that. Um, I know nothing. I'm a simple glass blower. I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, say, I say nothing. You say that how many times a day? I love it. I love <laughs> Two it. or three. All right. <laughs> so uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at beer mistress. I'm at dashing underscore rogue. Do you happen to be? On I'm at historical glassworks um, on Facebook. On Facebook, okay. uh, or you can so also. You're not on Twitter. I didn't say. No, no. I, 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 we do. Um, I have historicalglassworks.com. Okay. Which is uh, also where we sell some of our wares, and we will feature what we're making new. Right now, we're working on some Italian cane work, as well as the seasonal pumpkins that we were making. And if people have questions about just historic glasswork in general, they can find you. Uh, I'm at online. info at historical glassworks uh, yeah, at gmail. Okay. Uh, or, or Facebook. Yeah. It's the best way of finding out what's going on with what we're making new. And we, you know, we tend to go from Roman to medieval to um, the Renaissance 
and then even the early American. And I, 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 only, I have dabbled with interests in the uh, Glencairn glasses because it's a glass that really works. Right. So for me, I think uh, that might be a very interesting revisit if you're open to it about perhaps doing uh, making several glasses and just trying like one or two of your favorites. In I a think variety we of would glasses. Absolutely and, jump on that opportunity. Oh, I'm down with that. Yeah. That sounds and like fun. And Ian's really good at washing dishes. So at the end, he'll wash Man, all the glasses sadly. and send them home with you. It's good to know Excellent. your strengths, Ian. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. All right. Find yeah, us but I'll be real nervous about this. Well, I want to thank you guys for right. having me out today, if you don't mind. Come anytime. It's been don't a real worry. pleasure. Yeah, thank you. It's a real so pleasure. Much. Yeah, come back. We've before. actually, I don't know, 125 episodes later, we never thought how much of an impact the different beer glasses could actually make, which we should have. We talk about them all the time, and we just haven't done it. So, Thanks for making us relook at our craft. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes. So facebook.com slash dashingrogue and always online at dashingrogue.com. Thanks for joining us. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. The professor. And Jason Klein with Historical Glassworks. See you next time. <laughs>